Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Text Message, the UK-focused technology podcast with me, Nate Langson. And me, Ian Morris. And if you are one of our Patreon supporters, this is your extended ad-free version of the show. And thank you to patrons, including our newest, Nick Box, who is supporting us directly. Thank you, Nick. You rock like a crazy person at a heavy metal festival that I loved to frequent in the before times. And uh, for just the price of, let's say, a coffee for Ian and I once or twice a month, you can join Kings and Queens like Nick and get access to our full-length ad-free show, listen and chat with us as we record live, and get our Patreon-exclusive show, Extra Message. And if you want to try all that out, you can just go to patreon.com forward slash UK tech. Um, Ian, once again, great to be in your presence. We had a lovely pre-show oh, chat likewise. Uh, t- today, and I have to say, I feel like we're firing on all cylinders. I think the, you know, I, like, <clears throat> yeah, de- definitely. I mean, I, I might mm. have fewer cylinders working than back in the day, but uh, yeah, all of them are in operation right now. Yeah, good. Well, we're going to start with talking about something that may come as a little little surprise to anybody. Uh, the Guardian had written this week that Amazon opened its first non-food physical shop in the UK, offering things like uh, best-selling books, electronics, toys, games, homeware, stuff like that. The outlet is in the Blue Water Shopping Centre, which is in uh, Kent. Now, is Kent the Garden of England? Is that what we call it? It is the Garden of England, yes. Yeah, I vaguely think I breathe briefly lived there in uh, Beckenham, which I believe is in Kent, technically. Yes, I think you're right. Um, Many, many, many years ago. But anyway, Blue Water Shopping Centre is what is housing the outlet, a bit of a a mall there for our American listeners. And it's the uh, Amazon's first of its, what it calls its four-star stores outside of the US. So all the ones that it's had over the last two or three years, they've all been in the US and they tend to use data from the website to figure out which products are proving popular within the, let's say, the, 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 the town that that store is in. So if, if, I don't know, let's say you're in a town that's got a lot of keen gardeners or maybe the demographic skews particularly young or particularly old um, or something like that, then it will it will be able to tailor that. You know, if, if it opens a store in a town that's populated by, I don't know, sledgehammer killers, then it's potentially going to offer more <laughs> sledgehammers for sale. That sort of thing. Um, now, The Guardian said that the range of products that it's going to sell in the store will change regularly. And Amazon will also respond to customer feedback. And there'll be new products that get released there. And this is, I mean, we said we said it's the first one outside of the US. I actually think the first one opened in New York in 2018. And the idea behind the four-star name, which I always thought was a little bit odd, why would you call mm. it four star? Everyone associates it with five star. But I think the idea is that um, 
the products in there have to be at least rated four out of five stars by shoppers on Amazon. So you don't you only get generally highly rated stuff, I believe. Okay. Is the idea. Gameable by the bot farms in, you know, wherever well, they are. Well, quite. And they do offer for sale some Amazon marketplace stuff, which is Amazon's little nod and believe it as much as you wish um, towards Uh. the independent stores that it may or may not have crushed out of business over the years uh, to sort of allow them to get in there and you know Amazon Marketplace is sort of an ecosystem unto itself a lot of the time and as you say there's been controversy with reviews but at the end of the day somebody is still picking those products so presumably if it has a very high rating but it also has a very high set of returns probably not the kind of product that gets into these uh, into these stores and typically with Amazon it does come with a product first to the US then it trials it in the UK and then possibly Germany before releasing it a little more widely to the rest of the world and sometimes the kind of the products that amazon decides it doesn't want to launch are ones that launch initially in the us and then we never see light of day so the fact that it's launching this over here is a sign for for two reasons that this concept seems to be working well for the company the second reason being that it although is the first store to sell non-food and service products it is by far from the first Amazon physical retail location in the UK. We've talked before about the Amazon Fresh grocery store. I went down to that in my old stomping ground of Ealing um, over a year ago. And all of this year, Amazon's had a hair salon in uh, in, yes. in Spitalfields, which I go Except to. Except it's really not a, an Amazon hair studio at all, is it? It, it? I read an article about it, and it's actually very little to do with amazon it's, it's a bit of a mystery well it's it was a mystery which is why i went and shot an episode of my bloomberg show there and that's coming out next week i've had my hair cut there ah. twice now um and you're absolutely right it's basically a salon you know the the, the salon owner it's a woman uh, well i say owner she's in charge of it it's a woman called kelly who does my hair now uh not but she owns the company doesn't she that well she's in- she has a bigger business I don't uh, has other salons. No, she she no, she's a she's a stylist. She's worked at other salons and she just runs she runs she's the manager of the that Amazon salon. But everyone who's in there, they're not like Amazon employees necessarily. They are salon salon people, they're stylists. And um and it's an interesting idea because yeah, you, I mean other than the fact that it says Amazon salon on the outside, there's quite a bit of tech in it and you can buy products in the store by scanning a barcode with your phone and you can have stuff delivered to your house. They're not there to try and get you to buy Amazon products. It's that you're you're there to get a service. And this is why I wanted to turn it over to to conversation because Amazon is always in I think hot water when it comes to the high street because it's always the butt of either a joke or a fairly uh, accurate bit of criticism that it's largely because of Amazon's influence over the last 10 to 15 years in particular that the high street has so many vacancies. Obviously there's the pandemic, there's Brexit, there are many other factors but it's certainly not exempt from uh, blame if you like that businesses that have gone out of business have potentially done so because they can't compete with Amazon and then there's now lots of vacant high street stores all around Britain and lo and behold Amazon seems to be opening quite a few outlets in them uh in well so I mean I will say that is the traditional sort of Silicon Valley VC funded methodology isn't it is to 
distort a market using VC investment. See, for example, Uber, which obviously wants to put other taxi firms out of business um, with low prices and attractive, you know, offers. And then once the bigger companies are gone, they're free to charge what they want because there's no competition left anymore. Um, now, obviously, Amazon can, is no longer a, a VC-funded thing. It's a huge business that's very profitable. So you couldn't level that criticism at it. But I guess part of the problem with Amazon is always that, yes, like you say, people have sort of defaulted to it for buying things. But there's there are reasons for that. It's often cheaper. Um, it comes directly to your house, which is very convenient. Um, and so getting people to sort of give up on that model kind of, it, 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 I think I think it's always come down a lot to shopping, and if I want something specific, then I, I I'd be happy to get it from Amazon. But but simultaneously, if I knew I could get something right now, I'd gladly go to the high street. Um, and I don't like shopping for food online, so I I don't ever do that. I would much rather go to a shop, um, and pick up what I need because I my brain just doesn't operate in a way that makes food shopping practical online but i do take your point but now we're being told we must go back to shopping centers because they're in trouble because people are working at home and there's not you know there's not footfall anymore so amazon going to a shopping center might therefore logically increase people going to the shopping center so amazon might now have a meaningful part to play in resurrecting these places charlotte in our chat talks about sort of a moral objection to um to shopping at, at amazon which which i i totally understand and uh, and points out that other people have said you know they want to do the same they don't want to spend money at amazon but the 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 consumer experience is so good that it's really really hard not to and it's hard to argue that the actual service from amazon is is good for some a variety but, of reasons but this yeah and that's part of it isn't it go on because i think what well, because i think one of the really important things about amazon if is they send you something that's not perfect you can send it back like for example i bought that b grade stock Amazon, uh, sorry, no, it wasn't Amazon. It was like a uh, Ergotron monitor arm, and it was in very bad condition when it came to me, and I just sent it straight back, and it was easy. Now, if you were to, uh, I've had experiences in the past with shops uh, buying computer components and stuff like that, and you need, you realise you need to take something back because it's not working or whatever, and it's just you know there's going to be an argument about it. Whereas Amazon doesn't do that. Now, of course, I completely agree that the treatment of staff in warehouses you know the drivers all that kind of stuff should and easily could be improved massively without really affecting anything for amazon like paying drivers properly for a, a sensible day and giving them toilet breaks and the same in the you know the, the the packing places having more staff and paying them better would have you know negligible effects on amazon's enormous bottom lines but would make a huge difference to staff so you know, I completely agree with that. And I, I must admit, I, you know, I don't buy a huge amount for Amazon, but I, it's not necessarily first on my mind when I, I need something quickly. I'm, I'm prepared to set aside those terrible conditions, which I think is, is bad. I think that there are pros and cons to all this, but I, I understand the, the arguments on either side. I think as far as Amazon opening a brick and mortar non-food store to sell stuff, it just does not surprise me because it's it's easy to say, well, look at the high street, there's loads of vacant space, we'll swoop in, create some jobs. 
um, create these stores, you, you know, you, you, they can argue it. It's a good thing for a whole load of reasons, but at the same time, it's like, well, yeah. But the reason there are vacancies and people out of work is because a lot of the stores that used to be there have been put out of business by X Y Z online stores. So that is happening. Is as far as whether there are planned to be more of these, the Guardian story we we spotted um, that that covered this uh, announcement in detail did quote Andy Jones, who is the director of the four-star stuff for Amazon in the UK, said that that they'd been working on this outlet since before the pandemic, but wouldn't say whether they planned more. And that has been the case for quite a few of these rollouts of Amazon. Like, there was no real confirmation that another salon was going to open. You know, there's one. I believe there may be there's now two of the Amazon fresh ones, but that seems easier to justify because people tend to want to pick up groceries the salon one i think amazon fresh makes lots of sense because if you want lunch you know and and they own a food company it, it's not it, they don't own hairdressers they don't it's not it's not an area they're at all invested in um so you know so, so food makes perfect sense it's convenient it's you know it's easy I don't get this. It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, the salon, <laughs> the salon is the one that makes even less sense to me because. Well, that's what I mean. The integration yeah. the with, shop, Am- right. with, that, with with Amazon itself is almost non-existent. I mean, you would expect that you would be able to go onto Amazon and instead of shopping for electronics or Kindle or groceries, you, you know, you press haircut and it takes you to a page and you can see all the bookings and who's available and book it. But you can't. I and mean, you can do that on pretty much any major hair salon retailer but you can't you have to physically call them up uh, or or send them an email to a generic email yeah. address and just to see if they've got appointments and in a way i really like that experience because there's no messing around you just ring a number somebody answers in the salon and says yeah you can come down and this time this is free this person's free and you go in and that's it and you pay with your card in the store you're not paying with your amazon account you're not getting discounts mm. for being a prime customer they don't even ask you about it and there's there's nothing in the store to promote it so it's kind of like it it, it doesn't feel like an amazon experience whether it's confusing this store does very much yes and that makes sense and i think you know there's maybe there's some opportunity there if you've bought something on amazon and you're not happy with it you could take it back to the store and say i'm not happy with this can you do something about it and they'd be like yes of course you can have a new one or whatever so that makes more sense you know having having a shop especially if there is a way to interact uh with you know staff who know something you go in with your kindle and it's not working and you you know talk to them about it and then maybe they get it working for you like an apple store kind of thing you know that that is an opportunity, I think, for Amazon to do quite good work in the high street. I haven't heard there may not be those facilities. Mm. Well, I mean, this has provoked a very lively debate in our live Discord um, chat uh, between everyone. There's a lot of people agreeing that that they quite like to not shop at Amazon, but don't really know what the alternatives are. Um, there, there are. It's it's obviously it's a very contentious issue. They're a very contentious company because of their sheer size and scale. Um, and I don't see with them opening stores that that conversation is going to get any trickier, uh, any easier. Um, particularly in the run up to Christmas when it does tend to hire quote-unquote hire a lot more people um Mm. but uh, we'll leave that discussion for another day um obviously if anybody has thoughts on this would like to send us an email hello at uktechshow.com summarize your thoughts there we'll read as many out as we can on next week's show
Now, Nate, I would like you to uh, take a hammer mm-hmm. and uh, go and throw it at your current TV, if that's all right. Uh, we'll, we'll wait for you to do that. I, actually, I would. Kate is in charge of all of our potential uh, weapons, so uh, oh. she... <laughs> she so, no, so no TV smashing? No, not today. Okay. Well, do you want me to tell you why I want you to smash your TV? I could take a sip of coffee too. It's because this week's week's Sky has announced Glass, which is its first TV. Um, Perhaps surprising, I'm not enraged by this. Uh, I actually think it's one of the smartest ideas any corporation has collectively had for some time. Mm. Um, The BBC reported on it and said that various sizes of TV would be available. The smallest is 43 inches, and there are 55 and 65 inch models as well. All will use so-called quantum dot panels uh, and support 4k dolby vision hlg and hdr 10 for the maximum amount of dynamic range um, and tvs will also support dolby atmos with a front facing soundbar a subwoofer is included in the package um, it built in that is and up firing speakers which will give you that atmos feeling of surround sound um, the bbc spoke to analyst and i love this name uh, Paolo Pescatori, who pointed out that a sky service over the internet would massively reduce the cost for the broadcaster, removing the need for an engineer to go and fit a dish. But he also admitted that it would uh, introduce challenges of its own, presumably because Sky will have to help people sort out their crappy broadband as well. (laughs) Um, What I... think we don't know yet and we won't know for some time until people have started reviewing it is uh, what the picture quality will look like on a streaming tv um this isn't like other streaming services in that it's a it's a closed system so it will be sky proprietary um so in theory it could be worse than broadcast tv but actually the reality is that broadcast quality hasn't been the gold standard for some time because of things like lossy video compression so if sky does it right uh, it could actually be a really decent service and an opportunity to set the standard for tv over the internet um so nay i wanted to ask you what do you think of this and then if you've got any questions there are i've got a ton of specs to help people make their decisions yeah it is and i mean the, one of the things that struck me when i when i saw this and i, I knew you'd be interested in it is that mm. sky's made a big deal about talking about how green this whole thing is you know they're, they're saying that it's <laughs> yeah. it's sort of the first carbon neutral tv set um and that that it really wants to try and have people incentivized to pay over a period of time and you know upgrade the tv every couple of years but i just cannot get on board with the idea that this is a greener alternative to anything else they're saying well it's got all these speakers plugged into it and the the streaming equipment's plugged in so you don't need a separate streaming box you don't need a separate subwoofer or soundbar but the fact is that anyone who's buying something like this presumably and again we haven't tested one as ian said so we haven't we don't know how good it is generally anyone who is buying a product like this may be the sort of person who would buy those accessories anyway it's not reducing the carbon footprint by virtue of this tv existing like this and also i just don't believe that you need to make a whole TV set. It's not even OLED. It's not even energy efficient in the sense that it's an OLED panel. I just, I, I think the, I think it's total greenwashing, and I completely disagree with every aspect of the green credentials, even though they may very well be backed up on paper. Um, in reality, I just think it's absolute nonsense. However, that is my main criticism mm. of it. The on the plus side of it, the prices seem very good. Um, 
so I mean they say the small one it's funny that we're in a time where 43 inches is considered small <laughs> but there we go 649 quid 849 pounds for the 55 inch that's a that's just over a thousand dollars for US uh, people for comparison and then a thousand forty nine pounds for the 65 inch model and they require I, this is a bit I didn't really understand it requires a sky yeah. subscription it's it's a bit odd isn't it I think I thought you could buy them for cash um, and be done with it. But the fact is, it's going to be a terrible experience for you if you don't have a Sky subscription. So (laughs) realistically, it's the kind of thing where, yes, you could use iPlayer on it, but do you really want to have to go on iPlayer to watch live BBC One? Probably not. So I think anyone buying this, I think what they've done cleverly here is this is aimed so squarely at the core Sky market that I, I just don't see how it could fail because it's for those people who absolutely love sky it's the centerpiece of their entertainment lifestyle you know they they watch loads of broadcast tv you know they they they're big sports fans maybe or they're big movie watchers and they want a really good tv with really good sound and this is going to be offered to them for a few quid a month basically on in addition to their existing subscription and it's going to give them sound that i mean this is where i get really interested in it because although i'm i'm not a big fan of built-in speakers and stuff modern tvs with atmos and stuff can be very good so i'm I'm kind of hyped about that i think that's a pretty smart decision so i think for those people who don't really care and would have bought an lcd anyway i think this is bang on the money it will not appeal to high-end users i I guarantee that because they're going to want to pick their own tv and you know maybe have a projector or have an oled like you said which is my choice um so yeah there's there's it's interesting and i I think there's so much to talk about with it because it's just fascinating from start to finish it is i completely agree i mean a a couple of things that i wanted to ask you your opinion on is on the one hand we've we've always talked about um in the in in the past we talked about the triple play companies that is giving you broadband phone um and tv and then we've had quad play where it's broadband phone tv and mobile and that's you know something that sky and and virgin pr- uh, predominantly compete on here i mean bt as well i suppose uh, it's worth mentioning but in this case it's going five ways isn't it because you're getting the tv you know the thing you're consuming it on and they'll sell you the broadband and the phone service and the tv service and the broadband that's you know it's a it's a five fingered package so to speak which i just yeah even virgin obviously it sends you the box but the box is necessary you plug the virgin box into a television but with this not only do you not need the satellite dish but you don't necessarily need the tv either again green credentials simply throw out your old television absolute nonsense <laughs> absolute nonsense i, th- I think that i i'm gonna i mean and i agree with what you're saying but what i will say is no one throws out a working tv if it, you just retire it to a different room like i get what you're saying and i wouldn't i wouldn't get this to replace my oled um although that's the main watching room but i would consider it as a a sort of secondary tv for another room like i have a, a downstairs study you know conservatory thing that would probably be quite good for this um so i but you no one throws out a tv they just get reused for something else yeah well the other the other thing then is what why why do this versus invest in like the now tv box or a streaming stick you know they've been very popular for a bunch of companies and obviously amazon uh, amazon sorry apple has the apple tv which as regardless of your 
again, your your views on the Apple ecosystem offers a lot of what Sky's trying to do here, which is to say, we're not just limiting this to, to existing Sky customers as a value add, nor are we only shipping Sky services into it. This is a product where you can get Netflix and Disney and, and other packages. This is just a way of unifying it into one purchase, which is kind of what the streaming sticks and the Apple TVs of the world are. And what I thought Now TV was, certainly Roku is as well, and is very, very popular, popular in the States uh, and other parts of the world. So moving this into a TV set, it's like there's a reason that companies haven't really done this before because the profit margins aren't that good. People upgrade their TVs far less frequently and it's much harder to iterate Mm. on. Like, I just don't see how that is a better approach. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I I get what you mean. And I think also, I mean, TVs tend to be with people for 10 plus years. Uh, You know, a lot of people will hang on to a TV. Especially now we're sort of at the point where there will be there are 8k TVs already but it's quite unlikely we're going to see a lot of um 8k streaming 8k media on disc 8k broadcast i think that's probably not going to happen anytime soon you know 4k is plenty good enough for most people um and I, and i and i was going to say actually one i think one of the inter- the other interesting things about it is that this is clearly a decision by sky not to go down the route of like you say, offering people just a Sky app. So, you know, why not Why not have a Sky app where you subscribe to Sky, you get the, you know, the usual Sky interface, it works on your Apple TV or your, or your smart TV, um, and you don't need anything else. Um, and I think that that's, this suggests that there are absolutely no plans for them to do that, which I've always sort of thought is a bad thing. Um, and I wrote, years and years ago, I wrote an article about, you know, how this was before Sky Q, just before it, in fact, um, criticising Sky for not just simply allowing people to have a uh, conditional access module, which is that thing that slides into your TV and you put your Sky card into that and it decodes it. And you're able to just tune in the Sky channels to the TV as you would any uh, normal broadcast TV. But Sky won't do that and they never have. And Virgin doesn't do it either. Um, and it was mandatory in the US for them to offer it, I believe. So that so there were our companies that did cable cards and stuff like that, which are the same basic principle. But this just suggests to me that they're there will never be a time where you can just use your Sky subscription as a catch-up service. Um, and I, I, I think that's annoying. Mm. Uh, and it, it, I can see what you're saying. On the flip side, we're not talking about that. We're talking about this one specific product. And it's not like they haven't included HDMI sockets so you can plug in your Apple TV and you can get other things if you want. And they have a certain number of apps that they support, you know, Disney and Netflix being two, um, iPlayer another. But it won't have everything. It, it, but it, won't, has, it may not have a YouTube app, for example. But it does have HDMI, right? Because, I mean... Th- it I, does. So you can plug in anything you want, basically, and it's 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 a pretty decent TV in every regard in that way. Got it. So you, you don't have to be a Sky customer. But it's one of those things that... But... Yeah, go on. Yeah. Well, that's exactly it. I mean, I suppose you could buy it for cash outright and then just use it as a normal TV. I just think it would be a waste of time. Um, but it is only 60 hertz as well. So in... in uh, you know, unlike a lot of OLEDs and other TVs now, you know, you, you're starting to see 120 hertz support for games consoles. Um, that's not going to be possible here. So it'll only do 60 hertz, which is fine for most people, but it's an interesting decision. It is. And actually, that makes me think of something else, which is that we know that Microsoft's cloud, Xbox cloud gaming service is set to come to streaming systems. You know, they've talked mm. about smart TV manufacturers. They've talked about being embedded in um you know in streaming 
stick type products that as far as i'm as i'm as, I'm, as far as i'm aware at the moment will cap at 60 frames a second so a product like this that had theoretically you know an yeah. integrated xbox or integrated playstation now sort of system that's not really a limitation and if there's a deal on with sky that you get you know xbox game pass bundled with your subscription then again it's another nod towards this versus any other product which again and it has yeah it has bluetooth as well so you compare a controller to it in theory huh huh you see so i, I call bs you know, it's I, interesting yeah, i call bs on the carbon neutral stuff because i just think it's a <laughs> bit of greenwashing ahead of cop 26 but um but 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 aside from that it does seem like as a standalone product it seems quite good and as you said yeah, you know when you introduce this, it's you're not. It's it's a product launch that you're not enraged by, which I can count. <laughs> it's rare. It's rare. It's very very rare. Um, I think I think what I mean, as I said, because it plays so neatly into the core of Sky's audience, I think it just makes perfect sense. They've also haven't half asked it, right? So it's not built by LG or Samsung or anyone like that. They've put it together themselves. They've they've tooled up a factory and bought the components so that the screen will come from Samsung probably. But they you know, they've put it together. They've designed it. Um and it looks great. Like there's a load of different colors available. I don't think outside of a Bang & Olufsen you will find a better looking TV than this one wow. really. That's... I think it I think it I just think it, they've done a really good job of actually thinking about what, what do people want in the, their living room? And it isn't an obviously Sky thing. It just looks like a really smart TV with a brilliant built-in sound system, which I cannot endorse highly enough. Wow. This is high praise. And, you know, for those of you who are not it aware, is high I mean, Ian, for, for donkey's years, has, has pretty closely covered the sort of home cinema industry. I mean, that's what we used to cover back at Cena. I mean, Ian did. I, mm. I was doing music stuff. But, um, but, but I've always sort of deferred to Ian when it comes to hi-fi and home cinema stuff. So this, for, for him, is um, particularly for, our, for, for newer listeners, this is, this is about as high, it's praise, high praise indeed as it, as it gets. Well, if anyone's... I just need to talk them into giving me one now, really, so I can try it out and see. Because obviously I'm fascinated by how the... The, the streaming aspect of it works like how are they going to make it lag free how are they going to make it a tv like experience you know it, it, actually the 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 devil is in the detail if you will like the the that's what i want to know is how good is the streaming that, and i think it will be hugely important that is something we should focus on we should get one of these in get one over to ian yeah. and we'll do we'll do an episode about it we'll do an extra message as a review or, or something similar because i'd, I'd love to hear your, your views you know le- less least of all just to see if your very uncharacteristic optimism is is justified <laughs> um but unless there's anything else we haven't touched on i think in the meantime questions on this will be very very welcome hello at uk tech show Dot com if you have thoughts on this if you're going to be buying one um the only thing i we, i didn't mention is when is this going to be available do we know that's a really good question they're taking pre-orders now i can't actually see i don't think i've seen a date as to when it will be available no i um, i hadn't seen right. a date either um but i i have a feeling it's 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 oh it says 18th of october in the uk and it's going other places as well it's got it'll be going presumably to italy and germany which are sky's other um main broadcast areas and of course sky is now owned by comcast so for our american it listeners, is so maybe the us may we, this may be something we see over there probably not branded sky but very likely a, nope. a comcast product or similar 
Although Sky is a pretty big brand, uh, you know, Comcast might consider taking it on as a US thing. Mm. Interesting. For sort of that kind of streaming service or whatever. Well, feel free to stream your questions into our inbox, as we said. Hello at UKTechShow.com, and we'll look forward to giving this uh, the, the, the Morris rundown as soon as we can uh, get his um, not consider- inconsiderable hands upon it. <laughs> Well, I think it is time for us to have a little listen to a gentleman that I like to call both a friend and Tom, for that is what he is to me, and it is also his name, Uh, and check out what's been happening in the wider world of tech this week on Daily Tech News Show. This week on Daily Tech News Show, we give a full explanation of how the Facebook outage happened, and no, no angle grinders were used, nor were there any actual hacks. We also have some guesses as to what happened with the Twitch data breach. Molly Wood is on the show to explain how we might survive the climate crisis, and Stacey Higginbotham tells us how the Matter interoperability platform will make things easier in our smart home, and how companies will still try to convince you to buy their stuff. All that and much more at DailyTechNewsShow.com. And I should point out, I was on Daily Tech News Show on the 5th of October's episode. So if you want to hear that, go and listen to that one in particular. But uh, but thank you very much, Tom, uh, for that. Uh, we had a wonderful chat on the extended version of the show this week about how Nate and I... Uh, Nate and I... I am he. It is I, Nate. It's me. It's me. <laughs> on Nate. On Nate. It's I. It's I. On Nate. On Nate. Uh, and Ian. But uh, how Ian and I and patrons consume our news... Um, and our enduring love for RSS. And if you would like to hear that discussion, it's one of the many benefits of becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash UK tech. We've also got an episode of Extra Message out on the feed for uh, most of our patrons this week. I was talking about the failed thing that is pre-booked Uber rides. It failed me. Uh, but a conversation with an Uber driver at least uh, opened my eyes as to why. It didn't make me feel any better about it. But uh, but that's out alongside a whole mother a whole mother a whole load of other (laughs) a whole other stuff Freudian yes thank you yes while my mother listens to the show which is um, why I don't say naughty words on here because um, don't need my mouth being washed out with soap (laughs) Ian is your mum she doesn't give a shit she (laughs) it's very true it's very true oh Ian, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, everyone who's been listening to us live. We've had a great live audience in the Discord this week. And thank you to everyone, however you're supporting the show, uh, free or paid or word of mouth, whatever. Thank you. And I think we'll see you in one week's time. Anything else to add on this, Ian? Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast. And I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory. But boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. No, just uh, bye and thanks. Okay, thank you and good night. <laughs>